Hey, y'all. Welcome to Third Shift Thoughts with Joe Fizz. I'm Joe Fizz, and if you're listening to this on Election Day, happy Election Day. Uh, Be sure to go out and vote and uh, make your voice heard. So today I was trying to think of something creative to talk about, considering the last time we talked about the simulation theory and Doctor Who. Um, I've been kind of on a sci-fi kick lately. Uh, So I was thinking about maybe talking about UFOs for the first part of this podcast. So UFOs, um, termed unidentified flying objects, um, are objects that appear in the sky. And for the majority of the time that you see them, um, they can be in various forms. One common form is a typical ball of light. Some people have seen uh, triangles. Cigar-shaped metallic objects um, and things of that nature. There have been several instances documented across uh, time and space. Um, We have, you know, of course, the infamous uh, Roswell UFOs um, that you know people allegedly saw. There's um, numerous. documented reported reportings at Skinwalker Ranch. Um, if that is something that interests you, I highly recommend um, the podcast by um, the group uh, Last Podcast Network called um, The Last Podcast on the Left. And in this, they talk about UFOs specifically, um, and in particular Skinwalker Ranch. There's also a TV show, if that is a little more for your palate. Um, it's called The Secret of Skinwalker Ranch. Uh, my wife and I watched it, and it was quite enthralling. Um, they had what appeared to be documented evidence of some kind of UFO activity with uh, scientists who went to Skinwalker Ranch and specifically ran tests and documented different things. So it's quite fascinating. Anyway, one of the most important things about UFO activity is that it's something of a phenomenon that can happen to any person, any creed, um, and it's intimidating, mostly because you are now challenged with a, um, you know, an otherworldly visitor, so to speak. So how does this become impactful? You know, what are the... Uh, I guess, what are, what are the consequences of this? They come in varying degrees. Some people claim that they have some weird kind of markings. Um, typically following a UFO sighting, um, people will find strange markings on themselves. Uh, some people will claim that this is some kind of radiation that's coming off of these uh, entities, or maybe it could be some kind of parasite or something like that. And it's really concerning for them. Uh, Another common one uh, is crop circles. On farmers' fields, after they've seen something like this, they'll find crop circles. And it will be intimidating for them, mostly because they, uh, you know, have no idea how this happened. The intricacies are almost perfect. Uh, It's quite an odd phenomenon. Um, The other one that I can think off the top of my head, and one of the more serious ones, is abduction. Um, With the abduction, uh, people will have these occurrences in which 
they will wake up and they will find themselves. Um, same thing with like the weird markings on them or other various instances where maybe being displaced or losing track of time, a bright flashing light, um, and they will be in a different location or something of that nature, not remembering how they got to a certain location. And it's all really quite fascinating. Um, for my personal experience, I have one story, which, you know, you can take or leave. This is a podcast about thinking large thoughts, loving deep and being kind. So uh, this story may or may not be for you, um, but it definitely happened. I have confirmed um, eyewitness accounts saying that it did. So my family uh, likes to go to Canada to fish and... Uh, it was in the Ontario region. And as we were um, coming in for the night from fishing in our boat, um, my the little tiny outboard motor, uh, my uncle was uh, in the in the front of the boat and I was driving. And he turns and he looks at me over his shoulder and he goes, Joe, look at that. And I look and I see um, this ball of white light and it was floating in the air above the tree line and it was large enough that we could make it out and then it just dropped into the woods and then from there I didn't see anything specifically um, but my uncle who is a medical doctor um, not really big into the supernatural he saw it my dad saw it because my dad saw it take off flying along the tree line which if you've ever been to a remote part of Ontario it's kind of like Washington State, parts of Maine, even some parts of Ohio. Um, it is not easily traversed. So whatever this thing was, was going at a rapid speed through the tree line. Um, and then in addition to that, you know, this big ball of floating light in a remote part of the Canadian wilderness. So you can take it or leave it. Um, that one was really interesting to me. Um, mostly because it happened to me and uh, it's still yet to be explained. You know, even if it was something that <laughs> could be um, military craft or anything like that, despite what conspiracy theories you believe, the thing fell at a rapid speed, basically ignoring any kind of G-force uh, that I could see because of the, like it, it was essentially just a ball and it just dropped. Um, and again, I'm no scientist and, that last sentence was probably completely incorrect, but also at the same time, it was a very interesting thing to see, coupled with what my dad said as it sped off through the wood line, you know, if it was a dense part of the forest, then it would have to dodge stuff or almost be incorporeal. So think of like a ghost being able to pass through things. Um, it was really, really interesting to see. Um, but I mean, you know, there's, <laughs> what can you do? How can you explain it? It's interesting for me, um, mostly because I grew up watching the X-Files, uh, a little bit of Supernatural. Um, I'm into all that kind of stuff, uh, UFOs, close encounters, all that kind of thing. And, um, it was riveting, very riv riveting to see something that I couldn't explain and but was confirmed by other people. So I know it's not a lie. <laughs> um, 
so you can take it or leave it. Um, but there are a lot of really good podcasts. Um, there's one with Reese Darby who talks about alien encounters and things like that. Um, again, last podcast on the left is a very good source, uh, cause they do a lot of, uh, background research when talking about organizations and things like that. If you're wanting to look into something a little more casual, you should totally check out, um, the hunt for skinwalker ranch or uh the secret of skinwalker ranch which is the tv show i believe but other than that uh it's a really interesting subject to talk about especially abductions um there are a lot of um interesting things about abductions uh people claim to be in this kind of state in which they um, can't move. Um, some people have reported bright lights. And the other thing that's really interesting coupled with that is usually if people talk about their experiences, they're usually visited or could be visited by people often known as men in black. These are people who uh, supposedly are featureless except for um, black suits, black sunglasses, um, some type of top, not a top hat, but like a fedora. It's stemmed in a little bit of, um, you know, mystique, mostly because of some of the major reportings of it surround the Mothman incident of Point Pleasant, um, in which people in the, I think it was the late 60s, early 60s, were reporting about, um, you know, these sightings that they had of this creature. And the men in black showed up and they were trying to intimidate these people. Um, now, if they're like CIA operatives, if they are, um, you know, let me see here, CIA operatives or some other kind of malevolent or malevolent, sorry, <laughs> um, government organization uh, that we don't know about, you know, who are they operating under? What is the uh, guys uh, that they're going for and why are they hindering people from speaking up is it a national security concern probably um you know if you're being visited by um otherworldly entities um is it a you know just a humanitarian concern probably you know what are these entities putting into the atmosphere that we aren't doing already um could they enslave us like what is the what is the deal behind them uh, that is an interesting place to be and um, different ponderings. Um, if you want me to do a deep dive on the Men in Black later, I totally can. I'm always down to do a deep dive. Um, it's one of my favorite things. I recently did a deep dive on chemtrails, um, and that was for a podcast called "You Got Use Guys and All That. Um, that is a uh, podcast that looks at current events from an um, agorist perspective. Um, and it's a couple of my friends who run that podcast. If you're a younger listener out there and you want to listen to this episode, be warned there is some explicit content in there. Um, personally, you know, I've had <laughs> conversations with the people on the podcast before. I personally don't um, see the world from their side, but also... As we have entertained on this podcast, we always choose to entertain 
other people on theirs and their ideas and their thoughts um, just to be kind and open and respectful. And that's what I did for this. Um, so if that is something that is in your realm in your alley, um, I will direct you that way. Um, if not, you just want to listen to a really random conversation about chemtrails, you should totally uh, check it out. And that is uh, Use Guys Pod. And uh, shout out to Jay Angel and the rest of the crew. Um, you guys are cool. <laughs> so, uh, and their podcast is great. Their audio is great. And um, I've been a guest a couple times uh, just talking about random stuff and just uh, being out there and visible in the world. You have to forgive me today. Um, I have a little bit of a head cold. Um, been out in the elements a little bit. So um, please forgive that and like this really dry uh, sound in my voice today. I feel like I'm on NPR. Yeah, we're going to talk about uh, current events. Also, that kind of has like a Michael Stipe vibe from R.E.M., if you've ever heard him talk, other than singing. So I'm trying to think of what to do for the second part of the episode. Um, (laughs) I haven't got that far, really, but which is terrible because it's my own podcast and I should be decent at it by now, hopefully. Um, oh, I know a good one. We can talk about Stephen King in the second part. So if you would like to um, delve deep into Stephen King, stick around uh, after this quick random music interlude. And thank you guys again so much. Thank you for uh, sticking with this podcast. And we will get into the second part after a little musical break.
right, so back to the podcast. Um, so we're going to get into Stephen King a little bit and why I really like Stephen King. Um, so to begin, we had to look at Stephen King as a person. So Stephen King um, was growing up in like the late 60s and into the like early 70s, um, he started writing. And it wasn't an easy process for him, as his book on writing talks about, um, but he was pretty accomplished at it. And from those earnest beginnings uh, came works like Carrie, Salem's Lot, uh, The Stand, It, uh, Dr. Sleep, The Shining, all these other amazing books uh, that have come to light over the years. And they're all centric around this one, some say demented figure, and that is Stephen King. So things I like about Stephen King, his books are investments. Um, So many things nowadays um, require you to invest your time and your energy. With Stephen King, it's the exact same way. But what I like about it is, is that in almost every single one of his books, I feel like I'm not just a reader. Um, He immerses you into the world. And from that, you know, you actually feel the fear. You actually feel the uh, tenseness in young Danny as he's walking through the Overlook Hotel. You feel the nervous apprehension of Abra Stone and Dr. Sleep as she's trying to avoid the true knot. You feel the gripping fear of the kids in Derry when they're confronting the monster of it. And it's stuff like that that is so pivotal in the reading reading author-reader relationship that I think a lot of people forget about it. You know, so many things nowadays require us to just kind of tune out. Um, you know, whether that's things are, you know, too intense for some people, which is completely understandable given the current situation of things, um, whether it's the, uh, you know, just the... Things in general, like, you know, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, uh, the instant gratification. With Stephen King, it's more of a, like, there's some instant gratification, especially when he goes into some gruesome detail, like in The Gunslinger. Um, But there's also, I guess, a little bit more of an investment in putting more of your time into something that could be a hit or miss. Um, It's a really fantastic, uh, you know, thing I really love Stephen King's works. Um, and to do like a short list is <laughs> kind of hard. Um, if you want a quick read, I would definitely do The Gunslinger. Uh, the Gunslinger is always really good. He has various short um, story works. Um, so that's always really interesting. Um, I'm trying to think of what else. If you want more of like a decent sized read, I would go with The Shining. Um, the Shining is my personal favorite. Um, mostly because I've never been (laughs) terrified reading a book before. Um, even I read Cirque du Freak and, uh, the Demonada growing up as a kid. And that's, that's Darren Shan, Darren Shan. Um, but with Stephen King, it's so much more and there's so much more in depth. Um, I'm trying to think of other ones that I really like by him. Oh, it's escaping me. Why are you doing this brain? Why? Um, sorry, my wife said that she read It in a summer, so if you want something that's a little more of an investment, I would go with The Stand and uh, It. Uh, 
Under the Dome is pretty good. If you're looking for more abstract kind of political thriller or like a like more of a like a sci-fi thing, I would go with um, I think it's if I remember this correctly, eleven twenty-three, eleven twenty-two sixty-three, or um, it's basically the JFK book. If you type in Stephen King JFK book, it'll come up. I think it's eleven twenty-two sixty-three. Um, let's see what else is there. Insomnia is kind of based in the town of Derry. So that one's kind of interesting. Um, I personally have really been getting into desperation. That one's pretty good too. That was kind of weird. It's a blending of Stephen King and his other, his alter ego, uh, Richard Bachman. So that's pretty good. Um, there's so much Stephen King (laughs) and so little time. Um, but his work is great. His prose is intimidating almost as far as like, it's so detailed and you just wonder how somebody could detail that much that much in my own personal writing that is the biggest struggle because I've always been the one that kind of leaves the reader to assume kind of the details um, which is kind of weird and a weird way to do writing fiction Um, if you listen to Gristholm there's a lot of stuff I leave out just to kind of feel like to me that's investment right you're creating the world yourself you're building it in your own head you just have enough of the details to be like oh you know maybe this is something that i want to do with stephen king it's kind of like almost he's grabbing you like sandwiching your face in his hands and he's like i need you to pay attention to these details i need you to focus on this gruesome thing because i want you to feel it the way that i feel it oh another short read is carrie before i forget um the seminal work um but anyway he's like i want you to focus on these details focus on these details read how i am describing this to you and it's gruesome uh but stephen king is always one of those that is just so fascinating so so fascinating to be a part of um he's still writing well into his 70s um his body of work is incredible Um, one of my goals and aspirations is to be like Stephen King one day, but I have to get the first one off the ground, which I'm currently working on. Don't come at me, Gristholm fans. I just, (laughs) it's been crazy, uh, these past couple of months as it always is. Um, but I'm making slow eventual progress and that's better than no progress at all. So, uh, but other than that, Stephen King has several various movies, um, adaptations of his work. Um, one of them is the, again, seminal horror film, The Shining. Uh, there's a little bit that you need to know about it, though. Um, if you're going to read The Shining and you've watched the movie, go in with no... <laughs> that's hard to do. Go in with as little preconceived notions as possible. I don't want you to read The Shining and then go, well, <laughs> why isn't it like the movie? Stanley Kubrick took a lot of creative liberties on some parts, and that's understandable. It's Stanley Kubrick. Um, so, But what you need to know... What you really, really need to know is that when you get to the end of The Shining and you go, wait a minute, how could there be a sequel in Dr. Sleep? Trust me, it's worth the read to read Dr. Sleep. Um, if you want to see a sequel to the Kubrick film, watch the new latest Dr. Sleep film that came out. If you want to um, read it um, and then you want to go watch the movie, they'll be completely different. You'll be going, wait a minute, what? So... What I would do is I would watch the movies um, after you read the books, as always. Um, but if you're if you're a Kubrick fan or you really love The Shining um, movie, then I would watch 
the new Doctor Sleep. I think it's fantastic. I love it. It's creepy. Um, it pays homage to what Stanley Kubrick did in the first movie. Um, and I think it rounds out that series in a great way. So, as always, friends and fam, keep reading. Reading empowers your mind. <sighs> and with that, I think that's going to be Third Shift Thoughts for this month. Um, thank you guys again so much for um, listening. Uh, I really, really appreciate it. Um, you guys are really great fans, and I appreciate all the people who listen uh, wherever you are in the world. Um, with everything going on, and I hate to get political on the show, please just be kind. <laughs> be kind to everybody and every soul that you see. Um, 2020 has been a whirlwind of a year for everybody, regardless of, you know, who you are. So, and for some more than others. So please, 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 please just be absolutely kind because you don't know who you're going to benefit. Um, you'll benefit yourself by just being kind in general and helping those and listening to those around you and their grievances. It's a hard, hard time right now. And it's best if we just keep our hearts open to those who are grieving and uh, our minds open and respectful. Um, as I mentioned earlier, um, check out last podcast on the left, Stephen King, um, and other various uh, works uh, surrounding UFOs and uh, Stephen King in general. And finally, a shout out to Use Guys Pod for having me on. Uh, a little while ago it was a whirlwind and it was fun to do a deep dive for them uh, on selected topics i may not agree with them uh, on their political beliefs but i they're my friends and i respect their opinions as much as they respect mine so in that being said um again if you want if you listen to it um just have an open mind um if it gets to um like intense for you at certain parts or you don't agree with it it's okay to turn it off um it's it's always good to have like a challenge though um that was something that growing up i was always taught if like something challenges you and your mindset um always be like like cautiously guarded um but just be respectful in listening to the other side so with that i'm gonna go take care of myself um you know please be kind and um, I hope that your election day goes smooth. Um, please be safe. Uh, please be kind. Once more, <laughs> I cannot say that enough. And if you feel so inclined or you're wanting to stay in, grab a Stephen King book or movie and uh, or listen to the last podcast on the left. So with that, I'm going to sign off. I hope you had a good Halloween and we'll see you next month. <laughs>